What you should be doing is the last two minutes of your workout should be the sprint. Mm. That should be the go time. That should be, I can see, think about this. Like if, if, if you watch people running a 10K, like the people that did it right are not crawling literally <laughs> on their hands and knees yeah. to the finish line. Right. So how do I get through the struggle? They see the finish line and what do they do? Their eyes light up and their pace quickens. Yep. That's what should be happening in our workouts. You should see the finish line, your eyes should light up and you should quicken to the finish line. Slow down the beginning part so you can sprint to the finish. We are here because we know the outcomes in our lives are within our control. That taking absolute ownership of how we eat, sleep, train, think, and connect with each other is how we'll optimize our health and happiness. That chasing excellence is how we grab hold of what is possible. Our mission is to live on the run. Always chasing, never stopping. Hello, Ben. What's up, Patrick? How are you? Great. Today, we are going to dive into uh, more listener questions, which... I'm increasingly so becoming more in love with this idea because they're just the the questions are um, ones that uh, I haven't thought of yet. So I'm super pumped when when we get really good questions from folks. So we've done this a few times before. We call it the two minute drill. I think this is episode, this is five. I think four or five that we've done this, and we're going to continue to do it because um, because they're fun and and um, I think uh, they're useful to do. Um, and so two minute drill is just uh, I think I've got 14 or 15 questions. Um, random, but certainly within the context of things that we usually talk about. Mm -hmm. um, and your job is to try to answer them within two minutes. Cool. Cool. So, Pressure's um, on. yeah, no, yeah, we don't put a clock to it, but we should. Um, okay. So first one, um, we should put a clock to it. Imagine we should, we should like in a boop, like, <laughs> and, and see how quickly we get a shot clock, a shot clock, an, an answer clock, yeah, an answer clock. All right. So the first one, how, uh, how do you recommend somebody program workouts for seniors? I would start with um, no different than we would for our, our but functionality. Mm -hmm. So uh, a senior does not need to um, try to be 10% body fat. They don't need to run a mile in six minutes. They don't need to be able to um, clean and jerk their body weight. They need to be able to maintain life um, and functionality. So the big things I would be looking for is like really functional movements, like getting like, from getting from a seated to a standing position. So I would be doing things like um, sitting down to a box and standing back up. They need to be able to do things like be able to put things up and over their head, like reach for cabinets and um, reach for things on the on the shelves. They need to be able to um, get things up and over their head to put their own shirts on and stuff like that. Um, and then a big one would be getting up and off the ground if they fall down, yeah. like burpees and stuff like that. Um, walking upstairs. So I would be taking the things that um, would be everyday life issues for them and um, kind of doubling down on those things. And then from there, I would not be layering into the intensity. Um, it's not about how, you know getting these guys to get to 160 heartbeats a minute. Right. It's about um, Im improving movement patterns. Mm -hmm. So can they get greater range of motion through functional movement patterns? It's not about being able to touch their toes for touching their toes sake. It's a matter of being able to getting down and picking something up off the ground. Mm -hmm. um, I was just gonna ask you a question. I forget what it was. That's not a good sign. That's we have not, 14 or 15 to go. That's the first one. Yeah. I'll, I'll skip over it. Um, number two, uh, best app or system to use to start counting macros? I don't count macros. I have in the past. I know a lot of people that do, and they use MyFitnessPal. MyFitnessPal? MyFitnessPal. And that's, a, that's an app, I assume? It seems to be the most popular app for counting macros. Got it. 
does it make sense to focus on consistency over intensity for longevity? And that reminds me of what the question was I was going to ask you, but let's answer that one first. Does it make sense to focus on consistency over intensity for longevity? It makes sense to focus on consistency over intensity for anything. It's not about for longevity. If you're trying to be um, go to the CrossFit games or you're trying to live into your 90s, it's the same deal. Like mm. consistency will always win out over intensity. If you work out so hard, but you can't come back for the next two or three days because you're so sore, that's not the recipe for long-term or short-term performance. Right. So there's a reason that we work on mechanics first, consistency next, then and only then intensity is because we know if you're moving well and you're doing it consistently, that will yield greater performances. And then if we can then add in again, long, um, if we then add in uh, intensity, that will produce both the longevity play and the performance. Um, you know, it's, it's easy to kind of um, think about this in terms of like, you know, if you're going to think about the course of a month, mm-hmm. well, consistency is you showing up 20 to 25 days. So let's take that's that sounds really good. Well, let's take the opposite of that. And let's say you and you work out at relative moderate intensity. So you're getting your heart rate up into that kind of like thresholdy type area, and you're kind of like working with weights that are moderate, but you're showing up 25 times a month. Then let's take the opposite of that. Let's take really high intensity to where you're like falling on the ground, you're in a puddle of your own fluids at the end, your heart rate is at that max capacity, you're lifting the most weights that you possibly can but you're only doing it 10, 11, 12 times a month. Mm-hmm. Like it's kind of obvious the answer at that yeah. point. Um, so the follow-up to the, the seniors question was, uh, where does the role of intensity come in? Because we always talk For about- For those guys? Yeah, we always talk about relative intensity. So I, that, yep. that answers it to a degree. But are you, uh, I'm just very, I'm just curious, like are they doing workouts in the sense of like, we're gonna try to do this and we're gonna put a clock on it? Or would you not even yeah. recommend that much? Is it just about- uh, consistent and good movement patterns. So the clock is not to speed up their intensity. The clock is for an other metrics. Okay. So we might be doing like an EMOM, right? Where they might be doing four or five um, sit to stands on one minute, and they might be doing um, four or five push-ups onto a box on the other minute. So if it's, a, it's for structure, but it's not to increase the intensity. There is no place for intensity with seniors. Okay. It's, un, it's unnecessary. It's not needed. Got it. Okay. Back to the questions. Um, could you explain tapering before a competition versus just uh, taking a few lighter days beforehand? So sort of like, I'm just going to rest for the next couple of days because I've got something this weekend versus whatever you would consider like a na- an actual taper. Okay. So we could probably do a whole podcast on that. Okay. I'll um, make a note of that. But. It's a big, it's a big subject, um, but kind of um, really high level tapering is um, diminish is, is reducing your volume intensity and, um, volume and intensity as you get closer and closer to your event so you can peak for that event. Um, the question, the listener the, that they asked, they're, they're right. It's just, it's a matter of decreasing your volume as the days lead up to that. Now there are um, systematic ways and there's ways that we've done it in the sport of CrossFit, which is what I coach, that I found ways that I think are more optimal than others. Um, and it's basically what we do, we work from almost... Uh, 20 days out is where okay. we start our taper. So it's not the two or three days before decrease the volume. Um, it's we start three weeks before the events because the taper is about setting you up to peak and there's things that you could be doing three weeks before to help you peak as well. And maybe we should talk more about that in another we'll podcast because that's yep. not a two minute answer. Right, got it. Um, what is active recovery and how do I do it? 
It is just what the word says. <laughs> you are um, recovering by being active. So there's a lot of different ways to help spur recovery. Sleep is one of them. Nutrition is one of them. Um, um, body work, like whether it's ART or massage therapy is one of them. Um, contrast showers and um, cold tubs. And um, there's a lot of ways to recover. One of those ways is active recovery. And what that means is you're moving. And what the movement does is it pumps blood through your body. So it's allowing you to further get back not only the range of motion that might be like, I think if you've done like a workout um, like uh, like Murph or Cindy, like like with hundreds of push-ups and hundreds of squats and hundreds of pull-ups, you're really sore. And because that soreness um, reduces your range of motion, well, yeah. you want to restore range of motion because you want to recover. You want to get better. Actively recovering does two things. It will bring restore the range of motion, but it also brings, um, it's basically like an oil change for the body. Mm -hmm. So as good, clean, oxygenated blood gets to the working muscles, it pulls the waste products out and away. And if you can, basically if you just sit on the couch, you might get X number of cycles of that. But if you get on a, um, a salt bike and you do a few like kettlebell swings and you do some active Spider-Mans and you dot, 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 mm -hmm. whatever it is, the active, you jump on a rower, that increased blood flow from respiratory response will allow you to get X number times two or three or four more cycles through that to get the good stuff in, the bad stuff out. Uh, I don't know if there's an easy answer to this, but do you, is, there a, is there a way to know like you've tipped past active and, so, and now you're in a workout? Okay, so- Even if it's a slightly Yeah, so what are some parameters yeah. and what are some definitions of active recovery? Um, it would be- um, what, if you're thinking of things like as in gears of a car, like gear one, two, three, four, they call them the zones in the aerobic world. Okay. So um, at zone one is called recovery. Okay. So zone one is just a slightly elevated heart rate. When you get in zone two, that's kind of like the real endurance building. So if I was to give really rough numbers to this, right? Zone five is your max heart rate. You're only gonna be able to hold that intensity level for about 30 seconds. Zone four is kind of like your thresholdy um, VO2 max area. You'll be able to hold that for four or five minutes, somewhere in there, six, seven minutes. Um, it's probably gonna be your max heart rate minus 10 or 15. Um, zone three is kind of that um, that gear where you could, if you could hold a conversation, but it'd be in broken up chunks. It'd be like, mm -hmm. Um, hey, if you were going for a run together and we're yep. in zone three, it would be talking like, hey, Patrick, mm -hmm. like you want to do one more mile? And that would be like a zone three. Zone four, we would have a really hard time talking. Zone five, you can't talk at all. Right. <laughs> um, zone two, we'd be able to have a conversation, but it would be kind of spaced yep. out. I would just be talking like this. And that's endurance building. Um, zone one, the recovery, is we would be able to hold a conversation almost like a normal conversation. Okay, um, It's low intensity. It's an elevated heart rate and you're working, but not very hard. Got it. I think that's a really good way to measure it without sure. doing measuring your heart rate, maybe. It's um, a way of measuring it without measuring without it. Without measuring, exactly. Uh, how do I break through that mental barrier of the last two minutes of struggle in a workout? Um, you don't get there. So <laughs> the question is, how do I break through that mental struggle of the last two minutes of the workout? What that means is you went too hard in the first beginning. Hmm. That's that's really what you did. You put yourself in a position where you feel like you're 
in a in a hole trying to claw your way out. So it's not a it's not it's a, not the last two minutes. Yeah, it's it's the first barrier, eight minutes. Pacing. Yes, you <laughs> went too hard in the beginning. What you should be doing is the last two minutes of your workout should be the sprint. Mm. That should be the go time. That should be I can see. Think about this: like if 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 you watch people running a ten k, like the people that did it right are not crawling literally on their hands and knees yeah. to the finish line. Right. So how do I get through the struggle? They see the finish line and what do they do? Their eyes light up and their pace quickens. Yep. That's what should be happening in our workouts. You should see the finish line, your eyes should light up and you should quicken to the finish line. Slow down the beginning part so you can sprint to the finish. Got it. Uh, this obviously is not uh, an issue for you, but what would you do to stay focused on your health and fitness when your partner is not that <laughs> into it? <laughs> Definitely not an issue for me. <laughs> Definitely <yes>. not. <laughs> um, all right, give me the question again. Yeah. So the basic gist is you you want to. How do I stay focused on? Yeah. It? Is how that do you it? focus on it? How do you make sure you're? It's still a priority if the uh, presumably the person you're with, you're live is with, you're married to, is just not into it. So like, okay. you don't have that thing. Okay. That you can share. All right. I'm gonna try this in two minutes. Yeah. Um, health, wellness, fitness is um, are related to five factors. Those five factors are nutrition your training or exercise, your sleep, your mindset, and um, your relationships. Okay, so really quickly, your training. You can't, um, don't talk about it with her. Don't feel like, make it feel like, or him. Mm -hmm. um, don't make your, your, your significant other feel like it's, a, it's, it's more important than them. So if you do, they're gonna be re resentful of it. Yeah. So you love CrossFit, I get it. They don't. You talk about it all the time, they're gonna resent it more. Um, nutrition, um, nobody, this is gonna be a tough one, but no one is going to force food in your mouth. It's up to you. You take control over that. Now, if you have to make the smaller, small, smaller good choices because they're cooking, um, you know, fried Twinkies. Well, you got to try and make the right choices when you're not with them, when you're at work or somewhere else, mm -hmm. and you try and make the 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 smart little decisions where you can um, when you're with them. So I get it. You out to dinner and they're like, "We're gonna get the nachos. You're gonna split them with me, right?" Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, you're gonna say yes, but you're not gonna have. At that many you just mm -hmm. have enough to make it like relationships matter so like acquiesce but don't give in completely mm -hmm. um training nutrition sleep um really hard one yeah. when they're like the night yeah, yeah. so um the honest answer to this is i don't have a good answer for this <laughs> yeah um that's my honest answer for that one um mindset um it's you, it's your mind, you, it's about you and how you respond to things, not how you, your, your spouse or significant reacts to things. And you take control over what you can control. And as you do that, other things start to fall into control. And what I mean by that is, I know we're getting up towards that two minute mark. It's okay. Um, is there's a lot of people that um, blame their spouse for um, issues in their relationship. They don't understand me. They don't, they're not into what my hobbies. We've changed. Like That's all very possible. But if you start to just take ownership of how you and your mindset can make the relationship better, all of a sudden things will start to get better. Mm -hmm. um, do we miss one? Uh, no. Eat, sleep, um, think. think, relationships. Train. I think we got them. Yeah. How do you differentiate complaining from just stating facts and feelings? Well, complaining can, this is, uh, it can be stating facts or feelings. Mm -hmm. You're not lying. Like it's cold. It's, out. it's freezing outside. Yeah. Yes. It's freezing outside. It's below 32 degrees. That means it's freezing. 
You're complaining. Yep. So this is what this, I, I, this is a great question. I'm glad this came up. People are like, I'm just stating a fact. Yes, you're stating a fact while you're complaining. Mm-hmm. And if you are bringing up a bad, bringing awareness to something bad, that's what complaining is. You're bringing greater attention to things that are not productive or positive. That's complaining. Mm-hmm. I know it's, I know you have a headache. I know it's a fact. I know you have a cold. I know you're sore. I know you didn't get any sleep last night. I know your kid is crying. I know dot, dot, dot. I know it's cold outside. I know it's hot outside. You bringing greater attention to them is the problem. That's the complaining. I know it's true. It is a fact. It's still complaining. Mm-hmm. It's not, they're not mutually exclusive. It doesn't matter if that's true or not. Don't bring attention to things like that. Ideas for growing a CrossFit gym in a more rural area. Move. No, I don't. Uh, <laughs> um, so I'm, I'm, I'm guessing this means like less populated. Yeah, that's what, that was my guess too. I would look at it as the opportunity and not as um, the obstacle. Mm-hmm. So um, my guess is that they're, you know, I live in a town that only has 7,000 people. Like how am I ever going to get to... Fourth, 400 members like that's only reserved for the big cities you know for the chicago's and the new york's where there's you know millions of people there like i'm never going to get there i need to grow my business um i would see it as an advantage so if you have um 60 members in a town of six thousand, you know you have what is that 10 percent one percent one percent one percent you have one percent of the population already like you have a greater market share, yeah. a greater dent, a greater voice in the community. Everyone else, if they have four hundred members in four million, you have nothing. To, like penetrate that. Yeah. How do you how do you get your voice out there? How do you yeah. get out there? It's an advantage. What you need to do is arm your members. This is what branding is. When your members are speaking about you the way that you would want them to speak about you when you're not around, mm-hmm. are they saying the right things there? And your job is to arm them, not by telling them what to do, but by giving them the feeling when they're in the gym that this is who you are, this is what you stand for, this is what you're about. So that way when they go back to the rural area, when they go back to the, the farm and they're picking up the hay bales, they're like, you know, my CrossFit gym is pretty sweet, dude. Mm-hmm. You should come check it out. And they're talking to that one person. I think it's an easier way to penetrate the market than it is in the big, big, big areas. Uh, what's the best play, uh, what's the best piece of leadership advice you ever got? Um, I'm going to give two. One is just like, um, so fundamental. And the other one is I, I got recently. Mm. So the one that's fundamental is, um, um, leadership is, um, not earned. Mm. I mean, it's it's not sorry. It's not given. It's mm-hmm. earned. Yep. Um, it's not a position. You have to earn the right to lead people. Um, and here's, um, I love this. I was talking with one of my members recently, Big Bry, who mm. um, is um, recently retired and sold his business. So we've been kind of talking a lot about like, um, yeah, uh, even more so like, um, um. In retrospect, in hindsight, looking back on your business career, what are the things that, and we were just talking and he's like, he's transitioning the business to another owner. And and one of the things he said that he did, which I think created a lot of buy-in with his employees was, and I've started, I got this advice probably about five weeks ago and I've implemented the next week, 
was he said on Monday mornings, he was the president of the company. He would just walk around to the two or three dozen employees for two hours every morning, stop at their desk and say, how was your weekend? Mm. Leadership is relationships. Mm -hmm. Without the relationship, you can't lead people. It's all about trust. And it has to start first and foremost with building that relationship. And I don't think there's any other way better at building trust than being present. You have to literally, you can't send an email and say, how was your weekend? You can't do it over text or over a phone and say, how was your weekend? But when you walk up to someone's desk, lean over and sit down and say, Pat, how was your weekend? Mm -hmm. And actually listen. And actually listen. I think it changes the ball game. Yeah, that's really good advice. And not a surprise from Big Brian. Yeah, knowing him. he's the man. <laughs> um, this is number 11. You talked, uh, you talked about before how you ran your business by yourself until you hit 150 members. And maybe you can correct that if that's true or not. Um, how did you balance your life while coaching maybe 85 to 90% of the classes uh, five to six times a week? No, that's, a, that's pretty accurate. Okay. Um, um, I did not balance it. That was that's the answer. I coached eighty nine <laughs> yeah. percent of the classes. Yeah, hard to balance if you're at yeah. So that's the deal. That was an entrepreneur. There is no balance for an entrepreneur. If you have balance in the first years of starting your business, you're you either have Wildly hit a landmine. Yeah, yeah, like you, you like hit you've hit yeah. Eureka, like amazing. Yeah. Yep. Um, or you're not going to be successful. Like it's um, it's it's a huge investment. Like I I I was single at the time. I didn't have a family. It was very easy for me to invest. Um, I didn't take a vacation for two years. Um, this isn't touting myself. It's just saying yeah. like this is what entrepreneurs do. This is the way it's starting a business is. It's no vacation for two years, working six days a week from sunup to sundown. I would get up and coach the five thirty class and coach all the way through. My wolf, my wife, um, um, now at the time. Um, coached a couple classes a day, like one or two, but she had another part-time job. Yep. Um, and then it was up to me. It was, I, I answered the emails. I did the billing, um, you know, did the posting of the workouts, did the marketing, did the whole deal. And th there, there was no balance. Mm -hmm. So um, that's just, that's the way it rolls for people starting a business. Do you think that if the individual is actually seeking balance, then maybe whatever the entrepreneurial life that they're trying to get into maybe isn't the right fit for them if, I think if balance is important if balance here's the that's a great way so if balance is important in your life starting a small business is not i would not be something i would recommend right it's just it's and again it depends on what how small the business is mm -hmm. but if you're trying to open up a gym and grow it to you know i had 150 members at the time and i was trying to grow it to four or five hundred um you know now opening now we have multiple gyms um if if that's the goal like you're not gonna you're not gonna get there through with balance right. by going home at five o'clock and you know also having hobbies and um, spending time with friends and also you know working out yourself and it's that's that's not gonna happen. Yeah. Um, do you use Groupon or anything similar at CFNE? We don't, but we have. Mm. We did Groupon once. Um, and I was actually it's so funny because I was talking about Groupon with my wife last night because mm. we were talking about. Um, failures we were talking about like uh um what are the failures that we've gone through over the last 10 years or even um you know we've been at cfe for 12 years so maybe in 15 years the three years leading up to that yep. what are the failures we have and heather said what about groupon was that a failure um and i wouldn't label it as a failure because um 
we got a whole bunch of members at the time it, for that aspect it worked really well but it did put a big disruption into the flow of the business mm-hmm. and our regular members took a hit but we got some lifelong members out of it right. you know and uh, it was wildly successful but then the balloon shrunk right back down to where it was mm-hmm. so while we added 60 70 Maybe members we, lost people or- we might have lost long-term people but we did gain max isaac who owns and runs tilt yeah. with me was one of those groupon That's members really so it's hard to say like yeah, it was a it failure it, yeah because it's like we you made got, like some lifelong friends yeah. in it we got max out of it yeah that's interesting. Um, are Groupons still? I, I know that Groupon they exist. And they but, do so, and they do right. it for fitness. Okay. Yep. yep. Um, number thirteen. Have you ever considered a vegan diet? And I'll throw in vegetarian and in there as well. Um, have I have I ever considered it? Yes. Um, I consider everything. I want to. Um, I want to be able to experiment and try the most optimal things. Um, I, that's why I've tried macros and I've tried um, intermittent fasting and I've tried um, keto tried, tried and me. I've tried, you know, um, paleo and I've tried um, carnivore and I've tried, you know, a lot of different things. Um, I've been close to vegan, very, very close, um, but I've never gone 100% vegan, although mm-hmm. I have thought about it. Um, it doesn't line up with... Um, my philosophy on health and nutrition, nor does it line up with me in terms of um, animal cruelty or environmental. Mm -hmm. So if you read the book, The Vegetarian Myth, Mm -hmm. um, it really, I read it because I was interested in, in, I I was considering it. Um, It's written by a former hardcore vegan um, to the point where she was so cautious about other animals and her other meals. Then when she was digging in her garden, she wouldn't use a spade or um, she had yeah. to do it with her hands. So she would like, she wouldn't kill a bug and she moved the worms and she moved the bugs like really into it. Um, and she kind of goes through and dispels a lot of the myths about um, vegetarian agriculture and what is the best for our environment, society and health and all the rest. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think that it's uh, uh, that? Hey, let me, let me Go back. Ahead. Let me yeah. uh, let's interrupt. I think, um, being a vegetarian is is not bad at mm-hmm. all. I think it's holy cow, like that is so much closer to my definition of nutrition than eighty five percent of the rest, maybe uh, maybe ninety five percent of what other nutrition is out there. I believe that people should be eating lots and lots of um, fruits and vegetables, but that's not what vegan is. Mm-hmm. Vegan does not mean you're eating fruits and vegetables. If you're having Cheetos and soda, you can be vegan. Mm-hmm. And that's so like, I think people kind of like to say the vegan and like, I'm a vegan by default. Like, it's like, okay, that's super healthy and health conscious. It's like, yep. so we have to like, almost like, there should be a word in, maybe there is, and I'm just ignorant to it, but for like, you're a produce Aryan, right? <laughs> like, it's like, you yep. only eat fruits and vegetables. Yep. That I think is what people think of when they hear vegan, right. but it's not. Like interesting, yeah. You know, tortilla chips and Doritos, right. and what that what what it means is that you're not eating animal products. Mm-hmm. It's not what you are eating; it's what you're not eating. We should be defined by what you are eating. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you're sort of dabbling in in various things to sort of literally taste them, right? Do you think that coaches that 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 it's sort of incumbent on coaches who are going to have these conversations with people anyways to have had at least a little experience in 
I've been thinking about this keto thing. What do you think? Yes. You could read about it or you could say, oh yeah, I did it for 30 days and here's yes. my... Do you think part of your job, maybe that's too strong, but is, is, is responsibility is that you've at least you know, dabbled in them enough to be able to speak with some amount of intelligence. No, I think that's my job. Yeah. Yeah. I want to, if I'm going to recommend something to somebody, I want to have experienced it first. Right. Um, it's really hard for me to say, um, you know, recommend anything without doing it first. Like if I I think that you should use this app, but I've never used it. Like that's kind of weird. That's why I said, like, I don't use my fitness pal. It's one of the, it's most popular I've seen. And that's one but I, I'm going to let you know, like I haven't tried it yet. Right. I can't promote it or talk about right. it. How am I going to promote paleo or vegan or intermittent fasting if I've never tried it myself? Right. Like, and and if you're promoting it to other people or or knocking it, like um, I just think, yes, I, you have to try things out yourself first. Uh, last question. What is the most recent great book you've read? Um, Atomic Habits by James Clear. That was all the questions I have for you. Thanks, Pat. We'll do this again soon. Thanks. You can get every episode of Chasing Excellence wherever you listen to your podcasts or on YouTube. Until next time, thank you for listening.